Jesus loves poo more than you could know. <laughs> Just all the classics. <laughs> Here's to you, Pisses Robinson. What are the other ones? Jesus loves poo more than you will know. This is w- this one's not a song. This one's not a song, but my brother used to think that the saying dog eat dog world, it's yeah. a dog eat dog world, yeah. was actually just it's a doggy dog world. <laughs> <laughs> a doggy dog world. Yeah, which I think makes it quite cute. Yeah, like Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah. Mm. Um, someone once told me that they thought my favorite Mondo Green. Instead of, um, you know, that police song. Have we? Have I told you this? Mm-mm. Oh, I'm an alien. Yeah. I'm an illegal alien. I'm an Englishman in New York. They thought it was, whoa, I'm an alien. I'm a little alien. <laughs> <laughs> Englishman, but I'm small. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm an alien. I'm a little alien. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that one. I feel like there were a thousand of those that were very common, but I just can't. Yeah, my favorite of all time, my ex-boyfriend's friend uh, thought that the lyrics for a long time were, ah, want to rock and roll all night and probably every day. <laughs> Wait, I missed that. Yeah, because you were texting. Sorry, we're this is the cold the open. <laughs> okay, I'll do it again. Uh, they thought it was, ah, want to rock and roll all night and probably every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, good. It's not going to leave him much time. And probably every day. <laughs> Probably. What's going to make the difference? Well, because if you're partying all night. Sure, you're going to have to sleep um, at least every second day. Yeah. So then it's not even probably every day. <laughs> if you're going to rock and roll every night, you can't be sure. It's a, w- it's a statement of a wish. And probably every day. Mm. Wait, is it I'm gonna in his version or I wanna? Wanna. Because I think, in the, ori- I think the original is I wanna, isn't it? Yeah, want to rock and roll all night and right, party so every day. Fine. So it's still it's it's explicitly the statement of a wish. Yeah. So I'm at he's like a bit more temperate. <laughs> yeah, he knows <laughs> that he might not want every to. Day. <laughs> it's realistic rock and roll. Listen, yeah, exactly. I mean, fun always has a tinge of deadliness to it and he's just recognizing that yeah. some days are not going to be as good as others. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Let's get him on the pod. The member of Kiss? No. The oh, your the person. Who yeah, used right. To okay. Sing it. Did you have a name for it? Did you? You said some yeah, French thing. Yeah, I think they're thing. called Mondegreens. Tell us all about a Mondegreen. Uh, misheard lyrics. I think that's but the what's term that's what's used. What's the etymology of the word? It's great, great. I think I probably <laughs> got it <laughs> off. The etymology is great. It's the best <laughs> etymology. It's really good. You we wait have for it. the best <laughs> etymology. <laughs> I got it off um, Spicks and Specs or something. Okay. Australian mm. institution. Mm. Um, yeah, they'd have a, a segment where you'd read out the wrong lyrics to the tune of a song and 
you'd have to guess it. Yes, they gave you a book. Correct. And you had to read from some random book yeah. to the tune of a song. Friend of the pod who's never listened to the pod, Sophia. Mm-hmm. When I, I she was on Speaks and Spots. Yeah, I was in the audience. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I watched that episode. Yeah. I can't remember. In solidarity and support. Yeah. I believe that uh, Sophia had to read words from a book called Extreme Ironing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> to the tune of three three or four songs. Do you that remember that fad, Extreme Ironing? What? Yeah, that existed. It didn't come from nowhere. Well, of course, there's a whole book about it. Sure. But it's about ironing in extreme places. Yes. High altitudes. Yeah, when the, the fad was sort of like the planking fad, which is like you had to take an ironing board to some strange location and take a snap. It was the taking oh, of the snap. That so was this the was a book thing. of those snaps. Right. Okay, yeah, and people were going down deep in the water and doing it and going like climbing mountains with iron bo- ironing boards on their back oh God. and stuff like that. Simply for the novelty of the image. For the gram. Yeah. Or, yeah. It was pre-gram, this book, but... Yeah, but the same thing. Yeah, yeah. novelty gift books. For the pre-gram. Yeah, Sh- coffee for table for books. Facebook <laughs> album. Yeah. It wasn't pre-Facebook. No. It was early days, though. Do you remember Facebook albums? Yeah, I've got heaps of them. Do you remember going to one party and posting 125 photos from there? Yes. Yeah. One night, 25 photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, often uh, taken, I mean, in the early days, they were taken with a camera. Yeah, you had to upload it. So it yeah. might be a few <laughs> days after the party Correct. that it came up. Yeah. A few weeks after, even. Yeah. I've hidden every single album. Uh, I should do the same. You should. Employers can look at that shit. I'm I'm fully blocked. You're blocked and loaded. I'm blocked and loaded, baby. Yeah, I'm fully blocked as well, and I've also changed I'm my name. I'm blocked because I'm loaded in I'm all of those photos. I mean, it's not even about precise. It, it, some of the photos are pretty, pretty cursed, and some others are um, liabilities. But. Mm. Um, more cursed than anything else is the titles of each of the albums. The same title? No, no, just like I've just chosen just scabrous oh. titles. It was it was in some like my rhetorical style was like Vice Do's and Don'ts oh 2005. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, see my ins- my very Facebook albums show a a rich and varied life. <laughs> Even in your t- in your titling structure? The titles of the albums, I think, are just sort of quirky, quirky and funny puns that you still find to be funny. Oh no! Oh okay, no. Th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wouldn't be enough to get me fired. Oh, I'm not sure mine would get be enough to get me fired, but they're embarrassing. Yeah. Me. Oh yeah. No, I definitely should be hiding all of those for yeah. embarrassment's sake. Yeah. Oh shit! Now I'm just reminiscing on all the. We photos. just press pause on this while you go. Yeah, <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> hey, Mark. Yeah, it's Alana. <laughs> <laughs> we need to <laughs> we need wipe to talk all about of this. <laughs> Get rid of them. Get rid of all of them. He's on the phone. Are you no? sure? Yes, all the of Mexico ones. Yes, yes, the Mexico ones, all especially ones. those ones, Mark. Yes, the ones from my Europe trip in 2007, and I've labelled the album Europe. Double oh O-R-U-P. God! No, I did not do that. <laughs> oh. I've seen it done. I think one of mine is like 
something about how IKEA is cheap but Sweden isn't or something. Oh, there were photos yeah. from Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. I had one called Perth Girls Are Easy. Oh, that's quite good. Do you reckon? Fuck that film. Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey. I see. I've never even watched it. I just walked past it a million times. Uh, at Planet I've Video. seen Earth Girls Are Easy so many times. Is it good? Yeah, Gina Davis, Jim Carrey, Jeff Goldblum, and one of the Wayans are playing aliens. Right. And Gina Davis is uh, a, an Earth Girl, and they crash into her swimming pool one day in their spaceship, and yeah. then she shows them how to be humans. It is screwball and sexy and everything you want in a film. It's from the eighties, right? Oh yeah. Gina Davis in the 80s. Oh, my God. I will be watching that film. Really amazing. Really amazing. I'm watching it after this. Earth Girls are easy. Everyone watch it. Mm. I mean, it's true. It. I, I, there is no doubt that it has aged terribly. Mm. And I might get cancelled just for endorsing it this lightly. Oh, yes. Okay. I can't get in trouble. No one can get me in trouble for no, this. No, you've not Nobody seen it. Nobody can get cross with me just because I've said speculatively that I like it. Yeah. Listen, this is entirely on Alana's head. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's probably very probo now that I think about it. <laughs> Every single thing that we absorbed in the 80s and early 90s was deeply probo, so. Yeah. There are some things that have aged well enough. Spaceballs, still fun. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Weirdly for ML Brooks, because there's a lot of gay and racial comedy that probably wouldn't play so well oh, these Space days. Oh, Spaceballs is Mel Brooks, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, I- last epi we mentioned The Producers, didn't we? Which is Mel Brooks' classic and it has aged terribly. Well, yeah, was that last epi? Damn. No, maybe that was a few ago. It's all becoming one big mess, isn't mm. it? Um, the Schwarzenegger films age fine. Absolutely. Like, even Commando, there's not really... Like, apart from the incestuous structure, but that's... I've never seen Commando. Oh, really? No. It's, t- it's essentially the first Taken film. Yeah, right. Should watch it. Uh, is there a woman in that film? His daughter. Uh huh. And some like and and a bi- and a bitch and a slut. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> might be a bit probo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wait, the daughter is both a bitch and a slut, or they're the other no, no, two no. Characters? I think there's three women in it. Right. The daughter and two that are villainous for different daughter, reasons. Daughter, a bitch, and a slut walk into a bar. Yeah, it's in a Schwarzenegger film. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess there there is a good strain of things where like, um, where the Jewish character was um, obscured well enough in metaphor that you wouldn't know that it was an anti-Semitic film. And what? How is the character obscured in metaphor? Well, like pr- pre- the Predator movies. Matza. Oh, like the? Do you think the Predator is the Jew? Absolutely. Oh, Predator is an alien. Outside a Jew. Yeah, a collector with a Jew face. Wait, Predator is Predator's got the dreadlocks and is sort of like a weird hologram that lives in the jungle. They're not exactly dreadlocks. <laughs> is that am I describing Predator? He doesn't live in the jungle. He lives in a uh, the, the Predator lives in some like advanced civilization elsewhere oh. and crash lands in a jungle. Right, yeah, and then and then the chase happens in the jungle. Yeah. Predator is an alien from an advanced species. Yeah. Um, and has dreadlocks. No? Some of them do. They're in the form of a dread, kind of. Sort right? of, yeah. Some tube-like of them do. hair. 
they're definitely I'm not going to try and claim they don't they're not reminiscent of dreadlocks and they even have like a little headband don't they keeping back their thick tube like hair oh you're testing me now oh but they've got pale skin and freckles a Jew a money lending <laughs> predator well they're like is a the predator Jewish what <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a definitive statement on this bit that I'm doing. But oh God. has anybody else decided that that's true? No. Oh, God, it's just giving me a lot of sexual predator stuff. Well, is the predator a Jew? Oh, yeah, okay. But it's just coming up with Jewish sexual predators. Why does it predators? seem so many Jews are sexual predators? Oh, God, oh, God, don't. Here we go, Aliens versus Predators. Yeah, that's a film, Alien versus Predators. But here, the title of this paper In is this paper. Aliens versus Predators, Cosmopolitan Jews versus Jewish Nomads. Who wrote that? Someone called Sander Gilman, and he's a Heideggerian. <laughs> oh. And this was presented at the Conference of Philosophy, Politics and Antisemitism at oh. Emory University. So Alien is the... Thank you, Sander, for backing me up Hang on, on my so harebrained claim. Predator is the wandering Jew, the outsider Jew. The Jewish nomad. The Jewish nomad. And the alien is the cosmopolitan Jew. Kay. I mean, this is a one hour and six minute long lecture, but I will be listening to it. Uh, I need to watch Alien vs. Predator. I've never seen. I, I'm not um, overly familiar. We'll be posting a link to this YouTube of the Alien oh, vs. Predator. Predator is so frightening looking. Can you show me his dreadlocks? Are they really dready? Yeah, they are. Get out of town. Oh, okay. Yeah, it couldn't be much more dready than that. Yeah. Well, Rastas are Jews. Totes. They want to go back to Zion just as bad as you do. Yeah. They're more desk than I am, it seems. True. Should we... Um, Predators. Oh, do you know what we should do? We, we should do, do a little... Do something here that says this is the end of the cold open. We'd be like, oh, uh, how about we listen to the theme music now? I feel like listening to the theme music. Me too. Okay. Shout out to should Tom Smith. Thanks, Tom Smith, for our wonderful theme music. Um, should we talk about Love Island? Yeah, I'm into it. Me too. It's a good show. We watched episode. I'm very into Alone now as well, by the way. Yeah, Sammy. I mean, you, you introduced me yeah. to the concept of it, but I was more recently introduced to the actual practice of watching it. Yeah, my two favourite reality television shows, Alone and Love Island. It's great. I don't think it would be as good fodder for us discussing it, but I think it's a great show. Yeah, it's terrific. It's really nothing like Love Island at all. No. Except people are desperate, um, desperate to impress their parents, dead or alive. 
Do you think that's the main thing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. But I think the other thing is there's so many so many social forces that favour them going to the their little islands. Because in Alone, for those who haven't watched it, it's a survivalist show. Ten people who are adept in one way or another at surviving in the wild mm. are put into an, a zone, like a, a, a wild zone, like the Arctic or Patagonia mm. or something like that. In isolation. In isolation. They're never going to encounter anybody else and they have to, and they have very minimal tools. Like they are allowed 10 items. They're allowed to take 10 items from a, a, a select list of things. Yes, like a flint or a bow and arrow mm -hmm. with some arrows. And then they have to survive for up to a year and whoever lasts the longest wins half a million bucks. Yeah, and they don't know when other people are dropping out. No. They just know if they've won. And they've got a little sat phone and if, it, if shit gets too real, then they can mm -hmm. tap out yep. and then that's the end of their... And there is, there is no camera crew anywhere. They're provided oh, yeah. with the cameras that... All of the cameras that, that film them yeah. are controlled by them. Yeah, they've got GoPros and training mm -hmm. and then they just store it on an SD card. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, the thing is that I think it's a much more straight ahead, less circuitous um, social situation than, than obtains in Love Island because these are people who belong in the wild. Like, most of them you watch... In the first or second episode, where they're leaving their families, yeah, and the majority of them are leaving like infants behind. Yeah, a lot of them are leaving like oh, they're leaving young families. Their young family yeah. behind. Correct. And what? Why would they be doing that? Except that, like, the young family agrees this is probably the best thing for you to do. Ah, oh, I think it, it it reflects the the dire situation of of people's socioeconomic position in America. Their desperation to get some money. Yeah, you uh, think so? Yes. You don't think that I these think are dead-eyed wild psychos that need to be in the bush? No, I think they've got a lot to prove. Uh, yeah. And their their keen interest in survivalist culture is something to do with that. Yeah. Um, I, I There's something about Alone that it's like they, they, they might sort of feel like failures in themselves in the real world. You know, in the world of people and jobs and, and um, society. Mm. And they've clung to developing these survivalist uh, bushcraft skills because they're like, no, this is where my, these are, this is where I shine. This, you know, a way, this, this is really what I'm good at. Mm. And it's heartbreaking to watch them on the show when they tap out pretty early. And then it's like, oh, now what are you going to think of yourself? You didn't really make it work in the real world. And you also couldn't make it work out in the wild. Oh, that's very tragic. Yeah, that's sort of part of the sadness for the show. I've for only me. watched one season, but the only person I saw tap out super early is because they literally broke their leg falling down a rock. Oh, yeah. So I feel like that's one of those ones that you can just chalk up to... Accident. ...fate and Mother Nature. Totally. There are some serious, uh, unconscious, self-sabotaging tapping outs, I interestingly, like people losing their flints and stuff it's like you had one job really like yeah. just don't lose your flint on the fourth day and have to tap out and don't know how they don't know how to make a friction fire no see that's i mean that's the thing is how could you not know how to, i mean you've got to have a backup no i think sometimes they they would know how to do that if the conditions were perfect right but if they're in um a completely sodden landscape yeah things like that make it very difficult without flint true um but which is often the case i just think that you know you've got one flint for a year mm. 
to me, losing that it's seems not a like year. a given. It's not a year. Up it's, to a year. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's no more one's, like three months. No one's ever done it for more than 80 days or something. Right. No, no one's ever had to because the last person was standing at around day 81. Right. But some of them are sitting pretty, right? And others yeah. are just like just stra- s- scraping yeah. through. But I do think that it's more about like they're desperate. They're desperate for some monies. Mm. That's why their families mm. are happy to send them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I definitely accept that. I just think there's a lot of different harebrained schemes for money in the yeah. States. Well, a- alone being one of them. Yeah. But what are the factors favouring this being their one? Yeah. Um, I started that conversation even though I was just the one who said we should talk about yeah. Love Island. Yeah. So we Rather than self-flagellation island. Okay, so we have not talked about episode 28, which we we watched, as well as episode oh, 29. That's right. Sitting down here, I only just remember that I've got notes for that. And these were two pretty big episodes mm-hmm. that we sort of have to get the listeners up to speed on. Uh, a, a Caroline Flack arrived in episode 28 and said, housemates, surprise, you all have to vote as your couple, in your couples, vote for the two uh, least favourite couples in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'll be a process by which people are evicted based on who's in the who's the bottom two. Mm-hmm. Um, so the housemates got together in their couples and decided, uh, turned out that Liana and Adam were couple one and Sophie and uh, Tom Painted Egg were couple number two. So two couples that were the least favourites in the house. Um the housemates didn't know, but we as viewers knew that once those two couples were selected by the housemates, the vote would then be put to the UK and they would be able to vote. They would vote on one person from each of those couples to be evicted from the villa. But the housemates didn't know that. They presumed at worst that a couple together would be evicted based on the UK's voting, not one person from each. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Sophie freaked out at this point. Um, I think, assuming that they were going to be the lowest couple mm-hmm. um, and that they were going to get voted off. And then she rekindled the love affair with Tom at this juncture. I think because she was just like, oh, we're going to get voted off. Maybe if we if I get back together and do some sort of show of romance mm-hmm. uh, and reconnection with Tom, then um, the public won't vote us out. Mm. So perhaps it was a little manipulative on her part or desperate or confused or... It's hard to say whether it's like calculated and, and manipulative in that way or only like some unconscious type of manipulative. Yes. Yeah, or she was sad and I mean, we've talked scared. about this a million times, whether it's just that the factors favoured her sort of falling back in love with him mm. or whether she just decided to do it because mm. she didn't want to get voted off. And we don't know the answer. Um Anyway, so then what what ended up happening was the UK voted. Um, Liana 
was voted to leave, so Adam remained, and Tom Painted Egg was voted to leave, and Sophie remained. Yep. So that's a big deal. Tom leaves. Sophie is a mess. She's devastated. Now, all of this is complicated by another subplot that I, uh, we've not yet mentioned, which mm. was that in episode 28, Terry and his new girl, Emma, Tom Painted Egg's ex, 19-year-old ex who has come into the house. Mm-hmm. With only the best intentions, With only the best intentions. Says. Nothing to do with the fact that her ex-boyfriend, Tom, who uh, she felt heartbroken by, was already on the show. Mm. I've only ever been nice to you. <laughs> I've been nothing but no, nice. No, I've been nothing but nice to you. It's actually interesting to think about that. Through mm. Think our way through that sentence, isn't I've been nothing mm. but nice. Mm. Why do we say that? I've been no other thing than nice. Yeah. Uh, mm. Could you be a thing that's no thing? Like, it's not that nice to be nothing. To I've been nothing but indifferent to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's definitely not been indifferent. It's merely, it's more, it's more, um, it's more simply just a negation in the Freudian yes. sense of it to say I've been nothing but yes. nice, which is that, okay, you've been nice. And we were talking about this. The, 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 the statement, I've been nothing but nice to you, was Emma said to Sophie in anger. Yes. And yes. of course, Emma has at, e- at all times adopted a polite stance mm-hmm. towards Sophie and even in a kind of icky way tried to ing- ingratiate mm-hmm. with her and flirt uh, in herself uh, with her and flirt with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of this neglects the fact that probably her strongest intention upon entering the show was to fuck shit up. Yep. We can get to this later because yep. in the next episode they have a really bald conversation about the fact that she said yes. initially I came here okay, to fuck so yes. up the time. Okay, so yes, so so um, we should we should remind ourselves and the listeners that when when Emma came in a few episodes ago, yeah. literally walking into the villa, mm. she said under her breath into a microphone, um, something like, "I t- I told him he shouldn't have crossed me." <laughs> about Tom, yeah. like literally walking towards the villa. Yeah. Making, th- th- I mean, this is an intention. Upon seeing his to. pronounced reaction when she walked in. Because right. he was terrified. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this back when it happened, but he jumped out of his chair and was like, the vein was popping. Yeah. And, and yeah, what did she, I wish, uh, we really should recall precisely what she said because it's important because she tries to deny it in this episode. But she said something like, I, t- I, told, I told him not to, to cross me. Oh, something. It was something very clear about being there for revenge. Yeah. Yeah. For her heart ache. <laughs> <laughs> she said that. That's what she said. Yes. Yeah, it was a hot mic. She said, I'm yeah. here for something like revenge for my heart. Ache. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, she's there to fuck it. Fuck, because, you know, um, you have to remember, listeners, that. Um, intruders, people who come in late in the game, have been watching every episode up until the episode that they arrive. Yeah. Um, and the producers are producing these people into the show for a reason. Yes, that's right. They're sent in to do particular tasks yeah. because they like someone and yeah. their They're producers want to fuck a particularly yeah. stable relation up or something like that. Yeah. 
I mean, I am. I can imagine. I think I was having this little daydream last time uh, we watched together. Mm. That you know, she she hadn't even thought about it until she saw him on TV, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Oh, I've got the perfect into this mm-hmm. TV show. Yes. I just call them. I'm saying, I say, I'm his hot 19 yeah. year old ex, I'm and I want to fuck shit up. Yeah. He cheated on me. Yeah, and I want to fuck shit up. Can I come in the house? This is what I look like. Tick, I mean, tick, they, tick, tick, there's tick, no tick, way tick, they tick. would resist that. Yes, I wonder if oh, also, now they would resist it post suicide controversy. Yeah, maybe they would. Yes. Yeah. yeah, also I'm bisexual. I'm sort of interested in Sophie. Fucking poisonous brew. Yeah. Yeah. So she came in. She did try to ingratiate herself with Sophie. It was a little icky. She tried to claim that Tom had n- that 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 she was there for for n- no reason related to Tom mm. and her relationship with him. Mm. And all the housemates just seemed to believe. They were all like, mm, "It's weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird." But okay, we're just gonna go along with this. People take people at face value all the time, though. Yeah. It always surprises me. And poor I Tom. Saw somebody that's re- sort of being... Tom was being gaslit by that, really, because uh, I'm sure he was like, dude, she's here to fuck with my life. Can you not see this? Yeah. Everyone's like, she's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She seems so lovely. She's very polite. Yeah, and really tried like to be best friends with Like as if psychopaths aren't Sophie. always polite. Yeah, and Sophie ate, ate it up at first. Her wanting to be best friends. Well, and they were sort of flirty and getting along. I mean, Sophie was delighting in the transgression of totally. sort of fucking with Tom. Yeah. I totally. That's how it totally. Yeah, okay. But I mean, if your ex ever tried to be friends if your with eggs. <laughs> if your eggs are drying up. I was thinking about Tom Painted Egg, uh, but okay. Yeah. If your ex tried to be good friends with your current partner. Yeah. Is there any way to not be a bit suspicious by that? No. About that? No. You must be suspicious of that, I think. Yeah. I mean, even exes from a long time ago with whom I have very nice Mm. cordial relationships Mm. or even friendships with, I don't think they would go out of their way to like be in that situation. Be best buds. Have you ever been in that? You don't have to reason from personal experience, actually. Mm, Yeah, I don't know. Have I been in that position? Oh, there's all sorts of variations on the theme, but but no, it's sort of like if you want to become super good friends, find another super good friend anywhere else. Mm. There's too much favouring it being transgressive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or with a hidden agenda. Yeah. So anyway, Emma and Emma's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I'm not here for Tom. I'm not interested in Tom. I'm interested in Tell, in Terry. Terry. And they get together, of course, because Terry's a fucking The snake. other scumbag. Yeah. yeah. Um, they decide to have sex in episode 28. Mm-hmm. Even though Emma has been banging on about how she's never going to have sex in the villa, keeps saying it, blah, blah, blah. But then was like, no, Terry and I are going to get it on. And she'd had this conversation, a cursory conversation in the bathroom at bedtime with one of the girls saying, do you reckon it's true? She's like, I've heard that if you're over the covers, if you're visible, they can't televise it. So actually it's this loophole. Oh, who said that? Yeah, didn't you hear this? This was the thing. Emma was talking about this with Olivia or something before bedtime. Right. And she was saying, uh, I, I reckon I can escape this being televised if I make it completely visible because they can't show it. Oh, then why not do it in the cupboard or something? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and Olivia was like, mm, I don't know. Like, yeah, ma- maybe that's true. Um, and then everyone gets into bed. Do you want to tell the story, Sam? Because you were shook. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going. No, you go. You keep everyone going. Everyone goes into bed in, in their little bedroom that they all share. <laughs> yes, they weren't all asleep yet. No. No, not, not by a long shot. They and were all having sex. Two couples were having sex. Yeah. And the third would be Emma and Terry. Yeah. And it started under the blanket. And then... Did it? Yes. A bit of foreplay under the blanket. Something like that. And then all of a sudden, Emma throws the covers back and is riding Terry. Completely visible. Completely visible. She had a bra on. Did she? Yeah. But she was clearly grinding on his cock. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, then they didn't televise much of it. They did show some sn- some snaps of it, essentially. We but did then they see it, yeah. they cut. Yeah, we definitely see her moving, and and then we c- then we were cutting to the reactions, and every the other couples that were fucking stopped. Yeah, to everyone, watch. Everyone stopped. Everybody stopped, and they were all just st- sitting dumbfounded. It became an arena spectacular. Yeah. like everyone w- had turned, surrounding their bed, cheering loud, watching in shock. Yes. Whilst these two people had sex. Yes, even though they'd been watching people fuck under the blankets for weeks. Yeah. And that's when we started thinking, well, okay, something's definitely happened. I was, I think we were at opposite ends of the spectrum on how significant the thing was. Well, yeah, we weren't, we weren't on the same point of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We were in different, we have different intensities on this, but we both agree something special happened yeah something was amiss even though people have been fucking in there under the blankets every night people fuck under the blankets and everyone becomes accustomed it's sort of like it does become invisible to the other people in the bedroom yeah so the blanket does some work Mm. and i guess we need to try and we saved this so that we could muddle through it on air essentially Mm. what work is the blanket doing is it merely attendance to a convention Mm. Where it's like, oh, okay, you do me no wrong if you do it under the blanket. Or is it like... You do uh, me no wrong. Who's speaking there? The observer. Right. Or th- the people who were in the arena. Ah, uh, the other bedroom mates. The other ones. Mates. Yeah, the other inhabitants. Mm. Or villagers or what do we, what do we call <laughs> Yeah, inmates. Um, you do me no wrong. Yes, yes. So this was your position immediately that it's doing something wrong. To, to the others. Vi- yes. To yes. Yes. By convention, uh, a captive audience. Yeah, it's like an, it's like a, it's a, it's a cultural violence mm. in the culture of the villa. Mm. But um, or in, I think you were saying in general that you found it to it, it that it, it did sort of resemble a kind of abuse to ha- to 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 sort to of force other people to yes, watch you fucking yes to foist it upon people. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that too strongly for every circumstance, no. but yes, it's some something's going on. It is a kind of attack, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I d- I think we'll end up probably we'll probably end up being in too general a conversation about the nature of sexuality, mm. but you know, there's reasons why there's decency laws mm. and stuff like that that sure. have to do with the structure of sexuality, not just with like censorship etiquette, mm. even though etiquette has to do with the structure of sexuality, etc. Yes, something about obscenity, not necessarily for those taking part, but for the viewer. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had a real psychoanalyst on right now. 
But, you know, like, Lacan had that painting in his home, The Origin of the World, L'Origine de, de le Monde, or however you say it in French, oh. uh, which is a painting of a pussy, mm-hmm. and it has a curtain over it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he his corny little trick was when you come around to his house, he unveils the pussy. Lol. Yeah, pretty corny. Oh, dear. For everyone? I don't know. Do you For think he had like people. a mini little... It was little a little dinner trick. Yes, I think he had a little, little cur- curtain. I wish our listeners had a little visual of you <laughs> doing doing like... Um, a tiny little li- Venetian blind. Little just Yes, like a little Venetian blind for mice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're In just a hamster's cage. Pinch that, pinch that, pinch that. This um, is Lacan. The veil has much to do with the nature of the phallus. The phallus is... The thing that's to be unveiled. Yes, I look. I think there are so many layers to this that we can't do justice to about what oh, censorship. I think it's just beyond me to do justice to it properly. Censorship but laws. Yeah. Because you know we 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 are. It's so funny. We live. Our, our culture is saturated in voyeurism, uh, and there are few who don't like to be the voyeur. So. Hey, I've got Katie on the topic. Yeah. She said, this, and I quote, under the quilt, you just leave it to your imagination. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's a freedom of imagination. Yeah. Under the quilt. I mean, we know, but the thing is, your imagination is rather constrained by the fact that you know almost to a certain that people are fucking under the quilt. Sure, yeah. So what is it? It's just the, the the specific mechanics of the sex that you've got you get to imagine, or yeah, yeah. Okay, is that enough? Yeah. So it was weird that, like, because I don't. Everyone was shocked. Everyone was very shocked that two people had engaged in that sort of behaviour in the bedroom. It did seem for them like such a huge departure from doing exactly the same thing but under a quilt a quilt that is moving around wildly everyone yeah. knows you're fucking yeah. but take that quilt away is this huge transgression yeah and but this is like what we were talking about with Kara as well where um, Playboy had edited out her labia menorah yeah it did seem that way yeah no, they had no, edited the, the out majora the Majora. And emphasised the Menorah. Yeah. Which seemed counterintuitive to us because historically it's, it's the, the other Menorah way around. that have been more pornographic because totally. they're further in. Yeah. It's yeah. just like this asymptote to into to the to the guts. Is the Yeah. <laughs> I guess what if you, all you saw were was the inside of a disembodied vagina, then that wouldn't be pornographic at all though. Because sometimes when it's just the majora, it could just be a knee crease. Oh, yeah. Everyone's, y- everyone's done that one. You know, and yeah. when you can see the menorah, it's sort of, it's really a vagina at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the housemates weren't, the housemates weren't angry. They didn't feel like they'd been abused. They yeah. were in shock, but I don't think that they felt like they'd been abused. But Sophie did. Sophie took it very personally. She thought that it was a direct attack on Tom. And herself. Tom had, and then Tom said, she wanted to be seen making shitloads of noise. She's talking, and this is in the morning when Mm -hmm. Emma was talking about it a lot because she was 
mm. neurotically mm. pressing over whether or not her parents would see it at home. Her dad, her dad her specifically. Dad, yeah. I mean, this is where it's all at for me. And Tom said, she's talking about it so much because she wants us to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she, my dad is very disapproving, so I'm a bit worried. She said the next day after having sex, completely visible on a hugely popular television show. Mm. And then she kept going on like, oh, no, my dad's, you know, no, we're not talking about it because of pa. Didn't she, yeah, pa. I was about to say, didn't she have a weird... Yeah, her pa. We're not going to talk about it because of pa. So no. you go on a show called Love Island, you have sex without a cover on Love Island... All the while worrying that your dad is going to see it and disapprove. Get out of town. What must that room smell like? Oh, terrible. You have five couples fucking in there every night, oh. plus Adam farting. Oh, yes. Plus these big roided up dudes who probably schwitz like animals. Hairspray. Lynx cologne. Can you imagine? Disgusting. I hope they have good ventilation in there. Fake tan. Fake tan. I thought you were going to say fake tits, and I was then wondering. Do they have a scent? Well, I was already <laughs> wondering. <that. laughs> Do they have a scent? I, I don't know. Do you know? Mm, Lemons esque. Mm. Mm. The um, bathroom cleaner. California sunshine. Mm. <laughs> um, and then Kara said, "My man wouldn't let me do that. He'd be looking out for me." Yeah, which I hated. Yeah. I don't know that I hated it, but I don't fully get it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they I seem to think that it would be bad. Like, that implies that the situation, it would be bad. It's bad for Emma. It's bad for Emma because she was seen having sex. Yeah. Even though Kara doesn't think it was bad for her having been seen having sex many times, just under the covers. Mm -hmm. And talking about sex, being a playboy. Really? I want to get my own analyst on this show. This, the very... To tell me what the fucking, what work is the quilt doing? Yeah. Yeah. Because just and uh, like you know, like the plain faced answer is just like, Oh well so you can't see anything. But come on. Well it's like the difference between like R rated television, you know, when you actually see sex. When you see well, it's the difference between pornography. Yeah. And like the Brady Bunch style television. Yes, but I demand to answer the difference between pornography and other forms of representation on this podcast about Love Island today. You demand okay. Yes. You demand to talk about the difference. I demand to solve it. Mm. You know, isn't there that famous Supreme Court case about, you know, uh, I can't tell you what pornography is, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, yes. About censorship. Yeah. Mm. I mean, many would say that this portraying the sex under the covers is also porno pornographic. Well, exactly. Where do you draw this line? Some would say that being able to see that much ass yeah, cheek is pornographic. <laughs> Even if we don't draw the line anywhere, it was particularly obvious that the islanders had drawn the line somewhere. Yeah. Because they very much registered a change. Yeah. It wasn't business as usual for them at all. No. And I think that was part of their shock that, that Emma and Terry had done something that they themselves had never done and wouldn't ever think to do. Wouldn't be bold enough to it do. It was a given that they would be under the quilt. But we're, but then it remains to be asked: what is what constitutes the boldness of it? Courage to do what? Yeah. Because we can't even decide what the difference is between one act and the other. Yeah. So sure, we both probably would say, "Oh well, Emma was bold in doing that." 
what constitutes her courage, what constitutes defeat. Or foolishness. Uh, We have to remember that Emma is 19. This is the sad part of this story. This is very, this is like, I I don't know if that's a bit wowserish of me. Am I being a bit of a wowser here? No. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, I think they're all being exploited and none of them are that much older than 19 except Sophie. But but yeah, it does emphasise the exploitative nature of the whole show. And and, and just to, to consider the possibility of her regret. At sex. At having done that. Yeah. Not at the act, but you know, having. I, well, I think that's the thing is not at the act, but you can't separate that. That yeah. Act. There's no part of that act that is separable from the rest because, like, the milieu of the sexiness of the act is partly like that it was in the open and. Yes, yes, yes. That it was I on TV. I just mean that she, she's not necessarily going to regret having sex with Terry. Well, but, but you're now you're trying to distinguish some part of that some feature of that whole scenario as the sex from the yeah. rest of it. Yes, true. And also why So if we why cu- if we I cut out bad. both their genitals and then they and then we penet- penetrate one with the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also she everyone has the capacity to regret anything at any point in their life. So Yeah. So you know, what's the point in speculating on that? Yeah, and of course like the the sort of um one of the very salient features of that moment was it's the fact public. that coitus happened. Yes, right. Even yeah. if it's that the fact, even if you say, "Oh, she would worry about that being on TV," but the thing she worries about being on TV is the coitus, and the coitus happened in one way or another because mm. they were on TV. Etc. 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 It's really just a big daddy issue thing for me. Obviously, at the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah, but do you think she just wanted to be seen by Daddy or do you think it was more like she's so terrified of being seen by Daddy that it constitutes that sort of close approach, um, death drive, like um, let's see how close to the traumatic act I can get, self-sabotage thing. Are they different, thing. do you think? Wanting to be seen by Daddy and being so terrified that Daddy will see? Yeah, one's, one's more wholehearted. That's, I mean, wholeheartedness is not a psychoanalytic term, but... Oh, you mean just straight up Just straight up, I love my daddy and I, I want to stimulate his right. and vision. Right, and to have that awareness. Yeah. To be exhibitionistic mm. versus the other, which is to be like, how close can I push it to being exhibited? Oh, well, it's that. I think otherwise she wouldn't have gone on and on and on about how disapproving her father was and how worried she was. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's pushing the line with him. I reckon. All right, then. Should we speed through, like, what happened next so that we can get to this episode? Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't part. It was Pops. Pops, okay. Mm. Well, let's not get that wrong. No. Um, so, and then, and then what happened is that, um, the next morning it was the talk of the town and, um, people took various sides. Some say, who gives a fuck? Tom and Sophie very much were saying they did this to us, that, you know, it was an act against Tom uh, and Sophie took Tom's side in that. And then some other people sort of, um, sided with Tom and Sophie. And then for some other reason... It was like Alex and Olivia siding with Terry and um, Emma. Mm. They're in the Terry and Emma did nothing wrong camp and they were also quite like decidedly against Tom and Sophie. 
then eventually um, Emma confronted Sophie. You've been chatting behind my back. And it seemed like the whole... Oh, no, I've missed an important part here, which is that Tom's left in the meantime. Oh, yes. (laughs) Tom got booted. Sophie did not follow. Sophie didn't follow him. And then Emma confronted Sophie in that sort of socially weakened state and um, sentiment in the house pretty abruptly turned against Sophie. Mm. Everybody. Everyone turned, I'm not sure if you just said this, but everyone turned against Sophie because Sophie was furious, had turned her, had turned angry at Emma. Yes. Yeah. And the housemates did not support Sophie's position at all. They all sided with Emma. Yeah. And turned against Sophie. Yes. And that had something to do, we reasoned, with um, the way that Sophie and Tom's relationship had proceeded over the time mm. uh, and also the fact that she didn't leave with Tom despite having just got back together with Tom and she was seen as being sort of um, having b- dealt doubly, ha- having like got back together with Tom yeah. just so that she could look good for, it made her uh, look for the UK votes. Sna- like a snake. Like a snack. Yeah, like a delicious She snack. is a snack, but yeah. also yeah. she looked snaky to them, definitely. But everyone, suddenly, I think this was a very important episode for us in terms of our formulation of Sophie and her experience w- that was, that suddenly, um, uh, it didn't seem to come out of nowhere. A lot of the housemates had bad things to say about Sophie and she was very much on the outer very quickly. Uh Alex said, Sophie's a malicious person. Olivia was totally off it. Terry's just spouting shit about her the whole time. We haven't heard Alex speak most Mm. of the time. Mm. Only once he spoke a few words in order to sort of weakly defend himself against having had sex with... Toast Noodle Toast. Toast Noodle Toast immediately uh, after having sort of got together with Olivia. Partners, yeah. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden he's very vocal about how much he dislikes Sophie. He usually speaks in peck flexes. Have he you does. seen that? His, his pecs move. The, the, his he pecs smiles. are more expressive. He smiles his charming smile. Yeah. And then he does little peck moves. Yeah, that's it. Oh, for the listeners at home, Sam just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it through his T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, he speaks with his pecs. But uh, yeah, suddenly he's sa- calling Sophie malicious. Yes. And Sophie's devastated. She's crying. Everyone's turned against her. And I don't understand. The housemates are so angry at her for being suspicious of Emma. When to me, it just seems so clear that everyone should be suspicious of Emma coming onto the show. Absolutely. Except that I guess Sophie is warrants suspicion as well for the way that she strung Tom along for so long. But none of these people like Tom Painted Egg. So it, is that what, what, that's not loyalty. Um... I can't do anything but speculate. But I guess they could think that Tom might have been likeable had he not been in that circumstance. Mm. I mean, Tom was as in as consensual a situation as Sophie Correct. was. It's totally on him, but no. I'm trying to th- reason from them. This is really the question of sort of agency in a relationship, right? And when one person often takes all the blame because the assumption is that they should have known better. Yeah, well, they were the one wearing the yep. pant, the, the agency pants. Which actually gives the other person so much agency to act poorly. Totally. Because, because and they're behind n- the eight ball, no they're the weak Tom one. Tom acted poorly. Yeah. Aggressive, sulky, moody. Yeah. 
demanding. Stonewalling. Yep. Lots of bad shit. No doubt. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, so Sophie was wearing the pants, therefore none of her behaviour can be pardoned. Mm. She needs to take responsibility for all of the hiccups in the relationship. Also, they were only together three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, that's a reasonable amount of time for her to sort of feel what she's feeling, think her way through it. Yeah. And then be like, actually, I'm not into it. Yeah. Which she did, but then she got back together with him. Yeah. And it could be the getting back together with him that makes the whole thing, like annuls the whole thing. And it makes people turn against her. Yeah. Because they could also think what I just said. Oh, well, it's been three weeks. It looked like she was stringing him along, but she sort of got there. Yeah. She reached, you know, she made up her mind. I just don't know why she attracted so much hatred. Like other people have done so many, s- so much snaky stuff yeah. on this show all the time. And you would never have the, the villa as a whole turn against them. She's older. Yeah. She's more famous mm. than any of them. And she has walked around like she's better than everybody else in a certain way. Really? Yeah. I see her as being kind to everyone. She has been kind to everyone, but she's sort of deigned from above to Mm, be kind. Yeah. But she was pretty honest about her struggles with Tom. You know, she cried in front of people. She talked about That's very recently in the history of the show. That's only in the last couple of days. No, no. Think about it in the past where she was having a hard time with Tom and she'd let the other girls know or... I, I don't know. I can't fully. Yeah, I can't fully put my finger on why. I, I I think maybe I was naive to think that everyone was on Sophie's side because we were, and it, we've hard. never seen any hostility against her before. And why are we on her side? I like her. It's not just because. R.I.P. Mm. No, I think I really do like her. She to me, she's the most relatable person in the villa. Yeah. Why? Uh. Why? If you don't mind. Uh, all the reasons that I like her. I think she's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's quite reasonable. Mm-hmm. I've never seen her lose her shit at anyone for, for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks things through really well with people. Mm-hmm. I agree with all she's this. She's funny. Um, she's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And again, I've only ever seen her be kind to people. I've never seen her bitch about people. All of that could be because she's 30. And the others are like in their early 20s. That that doesn't make a difference to me. Yes, but it might make a difference to them. That might be what sets her apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the mum. Yeah. Yeah. She's learned her lessons. Yeah. And 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 she's looking at these kids making the same mistakes. And it would be hard not to be a bit patronising, even if she was trying not to. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she's so rational and kind, is because she's, you know, overcome the storms that lead people to be something other than rational and and kind. Yes. Yes. Again, speculation. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, so everyone everyone turns against her. What have we got here? Why can't all the housemates see that it's weird that she came into the house? That's right. So we're talking about Emma We've here. We've just talked about that. And yep. I do, yeah, I feel for Sophie. Olivia said every single person here hates Sophie. I think that's the thing is that we also, it's hard for us to track the dynamics in the house mm. because like Marlon was an important part of the sort of glue that glued Sophie to Olivia. Mm. Marlon and Sophie were, o- were okay mm. with each other. And Olivia and Marlon were tight. Mm. 
but you actually don't see Sophie and Olivia hanging out very much. And Olivia's got quite a powerful girl presence yes, in terms does. of like girl politics. Yes, and then once she turned her back on Sophie, it was sort of a done deal in, yeah. the, in the house. And I couldn't work out if maybe she turned her back on Sophie because Alex had such a problem with Sophie. Yeah, or, or vice versa. Because or vice versa. He doesn't seem to have a lot of thoughts. That's true. Yeah. So then maybe we should think why... why Olivia felt so strongly. Why did Olivia feel so strongly? And and I don't know why she had such a such a an allegiance with Emma, the new girl. Olivia really took her side. Yeah, but that might be a coincidence. Uh, right? It might just be that she hates Sophie and Emma's just the tool. Mm, maybe Olivia hates Sophie. Well, I guess we're gonna have to keep watching for evidence of that. Well, now we're definitely going to say I think everything's ruined. But earlier, back in the day, I felt like they were friends. Yeah. There hasn't been, like, since Toast Noodle Toast, etc., since the early days, uh, since Marlon, Toast Noodle Toast, we're not seeing a, lo- a lot of explicit sort of girl... Toast like Noodle Toast. <laughs> fr- <laughs> what was her name? Zara. Zara. <laughs> it um, took me a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not seeing a lot of strong female friendships. Yeah, that's true. That are true. just sort of like, you're my best friend, you're my best friend, that's my girl. Well, now there's like, seems to be an Olivia Katie situation going on, which is wild because they did not like each other initially. Yeah. Um, and I guess Kara and Olivia have always been friends. Yes, they're all, they've been friends. Yeah. And the new girl, Tina, the mm-hmm. blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems Everybody's to have daughter. Oh, what do you mean? That's the position in the house. I feel like they've all taken her on as a little child. Yeah, well, she's had she's had absolutely no luck with any of the men. Mm. Haven't, but but that I think that's because there's been no eligible men for her. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, but she's sided with Sophie, and maybe that's because she was a bit of an outsider, so she had to side with Sophie as another kind of outsider because she's the only one that seemed to be with Sophie when everyone else, all the other women were sort of huddled together talking badly True. of her. Yeah, but I think Tina's just a non-confrontational person. That's why she's like keeps spending any time with that Troy character. Oh, my God, that Troy character. <laughs> oh, he is such a piece of it work. It was like... Yeah, the reason I went off it is because we kissed one night and then the next day you like seemed interested in talking to someone else. Yeah, we kissed and we talked late at night and then the next day, you know, I'm off it because then the next day you're like off talking to someone else. You're laughing. I see you laughing with other people. You don't laugh like that when you talk to me. They've known each other for 20 minutes. And he's only given her... A smooch. And, 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 and negging. And negging. Yeah. Negging and half assed bullshit attention. Yeah. He's just a piece of work, that Troy. I believe <laughs> that that then coming back and being like, hey, where's my attention? I'm off it. You're, yeah. not, you're not loving me enough Yeah, is another step in the game. You think that's more game? Yeah. I think that's just him being feeble. Maybe. Are they not the same? <laughs> well, I feel like the game is supposed to obscure I know, how obscure feeble you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's meant to make you look strong. Yeah. But I don't know. I wonder what psychologically what he imagines the positive outcome of that approach could be. Like, would well that make a girl... Honest? Yeah. What if he's just being honest? So then he's like, actually, I just need you to love me and I'm going to be indifferent. Yeah. Um, more often rude. Yeah. And at best indifferent. 
Well, you've never encountered this situation in which someone needs the other to love them against all odds. Oh, I'm not saying that. It, yeah, I'm not saying that it doesn't <laughs> exist. But how dare he? How dare? Yeah. How very dare? <laughs> how he? very dare he? That piece of work, <laughs> Troy. Um, so we've sort of talked about a lot about Sophie and Emma, but we wrote some things down. Because then they had a convo. Eventually, they had a conversation. They came together for a conversation. This is in episode twenty-nine. Yeah. Can we have a talk outside? Sophie asked. Yes. And they go and speak to each other alone. And Sophie says to Emma in a relatively direct way, this is paraphrased, but it was direct the way what she said. I thought you wanted Tom to see you have sex because you had said you wanted to fuck things up for him mm-hmm. when you came into the villa. And that emphasized that for me. Yeah. It reinforced it. Reinforced. Yeah. yeah. And then Emma says which went from strength to strength. I, I'm oh, yeah. So, directly in response to Sophie saying, well, you know, I, everything, my doubts about your intentions were yeah. reinforced by you having said, I'm here to fuck shit up for Tom. Yeah. Then Emma, Emma said, interrupts and goes, which w- yeah, I'll say the whole thing and then we'll come back and go through and we'll pass the entire sentence. It's an ex- incredibly long sentence. It goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's 47 words in this sentence. (laughs) And she says, which went from strength to strength. And that wasn't what was actually said, obviously. But I can see again why if you thought that what that fuck things up for Tom sentence. Why if you thought that was what was said, why you would the way you would. Ellipsis. Yep. Yep. So she's a dirty liar. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, she's a dirty liar. But second of all, which went from strength to strength, I'm going to be charitable and say that what she's saying here is that the rumor that I had said I wanted to fuck things up for Tom had gone from strength to strength. The rumor kept growing. Yeah. Oh, is that what she meant? I think, yeah. But I could, you know, who knows? Oh, she thought that the rumor had gone from strength to strength. Otherwise, I mean, what else could it possibly oh, I feel, be? I feel so uh, bad for these people who seem to um, be able to pretend like they're not being filmed. <laughs> mm. And that wasn't what was actually said, obviously. What's that obviously doing? It Except for announcing the lie. Announcing the lie? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Obviously, I don't hate obviously, you. Obviously, yeah. Obvi- it's so obvious. No, obviously, I want to be here. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so painful because we saw her say it. Yeah. And two of the other housemates heard her. That's why they know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can see again why if you thought that what that fuck things up for Tom sentence, why if you thought that was what was said, why you would the way you would. <laughs> Why you would, the way you would. Because <laughs> there was a pause. Why you would, then a pause. So we suppose she means think feel or, or think. feel. Yeah. 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 The way you would. Yeah, that's right. So, and in that inter- exchange, Sophie was being so upfront. She was being very vulnerable. She wasn't being snarky. Uh, she was being very soft. And you could just see Emma, poor Emma, only 19, but really being very defensive. Yeah. Because uh, she wants everyone to believe, like fools, that she is there 
for no for no reason related to Tom and their past relationship. To be relationship, nothing but nice. To be nothing nothing but nice and that her relationship with Terry is genuine and um, worth pursuing and she's there to explore her own love possibilities in the villa. Yeah. Did you see that there's t- angel wings tattooed on her back? Yeah. What's that about? Well, because she's a sweet baby angel. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, Sam. <laughs> She's an angel sent from heaven. Yes. Yes. There's some words there as well, but I couldn't make them out. Then we cut to Nathan, Kara, and Alex sitting down, mm. um, bad-mouthing Sophie. Mm. And um, this is immediately after we had an edit from Olivia that said, every single person here hates Sophie. Well, she said, she didn't say that. She said, it's not just one person. It's not just two. It's yep. not just three. It's pretty much everyone in the villa. She didn't actually say... Hate Sophie, but that's what right, they were talking right. about. And then cut to Nathan, Cara and Alex, and they're talking, and um, eventually Cara says, Tom would have gone. If the roles were reversed. If the ro- if yes, Sophie referring to if roles were, were, were reversed and it had been Sophie who'd been booted off, Correct. Tom would have gone. And so that's part of the reason. Yes, and uh, Olivia was implying, actually, those two conversations that were edited together by the show are related because Olivia was saying, everyone in the house is off Sophie. Why wouldn't you leave? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and Sophie, I, I, there w- it was very heartbreaking to watch. She was crying. She was weeping mm. uh, all evening and then was weeping alone in bed all yeah. night. And we saw it. And then the next morning she woke up and she said, the she-wolf is back. Yeah. Whatever that And means. then a bunch of the housemates were talking to her and they're like, you were caged. A lot of people had their own different ways of communicating the same sentiment to her, which yeah. was... You you were a free bird. You were in a cage. What was Adam's analogy? Oh it was God. like you were squashed down or something. And being smothered. Being smothered. And, and now you can float free. Mm, mm. Onto my dick. Onto my dick. Yeah. That was him trying to fuck shit up for Tom and... Have a go. Have, have a go. A crack. At, have a, he was having a crack. It was not a good crack. Nah. But he was having a crack. So all the housemates now, it's just there's so much, there's a lot of them are just, there's a lot of toothpaste shit going on. There is. So then Sophie's like, you know what? No, Tom's gone. So she, by the end of episode 29, which we just watched, she'd sort of resolved to carry on a new leaf, mm-hmm. be a single person in the house and enjoy her time. Yeah. And not be with Tom. Well, I think we should stay just briefly on that thing where everyone had approached her with a different narrative of like, how she'd been under the thumb mm. or whatever mm. and how now is going to be a new day. Uh, we can't wait to see you free and easy or whatever. I guess they're trying to metabolize what had happened the day before and like mm. reintegrate her into the pack. Yes. And everyone's, th- they're all vying for their own different reasons to give her a particular narrative for the way that she re-enters yes. and she lap- lapped it up avidly. Yes. And then the new girls came. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we haven't told the listeners. We haven't even spoken about this, but um, three new girls and three new boys four. were presented. Four new boys and four new girls were presented. No, three. No, then each. one goes and then they choose between. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, F- four, four, four of each and then the Islanders got to vote on the one they wanted to stay. Yep. So the essentially. men, the women were put upstairs to watch through glass as the men sat around the fire pit, completely blindfolded. And then the women came out and they were asked, the men asked, 
the ladies' questions one by one, mm. uh, but without being able to see them. Yeah. Uh, then without being able to see them, they t- chose one to go that was the lowest yeah. rated. Yeah. She goes. Then they remove their blindfolds. They see the remaining three. Yeah. And then they decide who which one is going to stay. Yeah. Anyway. And the same thing happened reverse for the women with four new men. Yes. And... Um, uh, the only thing I really want to remark about I- any one of the new girls is that one of them said they were in <laughs> the DJ industry. I'm 23 and I'm I in work in the DJ industry. And w- we're mystified as to what that might Absolutely. mean. Absolutely. Because like you said, it's not that hard to say you're a DJ. No. And plenty of people who are not at all DJs have said, I'm a DJ. Exactly. She's definitely not a DJ. She couldn't be less a DJ. Yes. She's a dish pig. Yeah. At a place that used to be. At a Brick Lane Indian <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> at a place that does formal events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, She's familiar with what DJing is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another one was a glamour model. I had to ask you. What's a glamour model? Yeah. And I said, they're particularly glamorous models. Ha <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, high glamour. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and the men are all boring. The men were all And F. the ugliest one got to stay yes. for some reason. But um, then anyway, the glamour model is the one who was asked to, rem- r- to invited to stay. Katie, yeah. Katie, her name. She's pretty enough and she seemed quite calm and like relaxed yeah. in, in the spotlight. And, um, oh, yeah. th- and then it, uh, I w- I m- we might be speeding through this a bit too much, but then it eventually came out that well, when she walked on, Sophie said, oh, she's my type, apparently, mm. according to some of the other girls. may or may not be true. And then it soon came out that K- Katie identifies as bisexual. Well, well, yeah, one of the housemates was like, oh, you know, Sophie had her eyes on you the whole time. She's bisexual. And Katie said, oh, I am too. And then there was just a fucking ruckus in the house. Yeah. People are going crazy. All the men just go crazy. Crazy for girl on girl. So crazy, in fact, that all of a sudden somebody said, well, why doesn't Adam just get together with Troy? And they all lost at laughing. They lost making it. Making jokes about sausages. Oh, so <laughs> intense. The <laughs> primary school attitude to... It was very comforting to, to see. anything other than the narrow heterosexuality that they're trying so desperately to cling to. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm willing to get in trouble with the bisexual community once again to say that we're oh, all polymorphously we perverse. We <laughs> Listen, we are all polymorphously. Fucking hit me up on Twitter. We're born polymorphously yes. perverse. Hundred hundred percent true. Yeah. Until something. Until it narrows. And it does. Mm-hmm. I think there's something far more legit. I mean, if you're told no, a polymorphously <laughs> perverse <laughs> line, I haven't even necessarily said anything that anyone could get cross <laughs> with me about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Now I'm getting in trouble because <laughs> I'm filling in all the gaps for listeners. Yeah. All I've said is I- I'm happy to have beef with the bisexual community. <laughs> I'm just staying out of this one. I don't think you I think you weighed in already. Oh, I'm staying out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Katie so said in a rabbi voice, Ka- I'm staying out of it. <laughs> rabbi, is it wrong to stay out of it? <laughs> Katie said Listen, if you want to say that you're staying out of it, but you're actually (laughs) getting into it, then are you particularly (laughs) staying out of it? (laughs) Could it be said? (laughs) 
<laughs> that you are in fact out of it when <laughs> others have considered you to be very much in it. <laughs> very good, Rabbi. <laughs> very good on the bima. Hmm. Um, I think we should pick up the rest of this next week. We've already gone. We're done. Time. Yeah. I mean, our money's on the fact that Sophie and Katie get it on. Sophie and Katie get it on. And I don't think that does anything good for Sophie's rep in the house. Yeah. Because there'll be another pang of, oh, she didn't care about Tom. She yeah. let him on, etc. Or she snaked us by getting back with him or whatever. Yeah. And I guess, you know, and then. Katie said, no, Sophie is my type. Um, brunette. Uh, big tits, dimples. <laughs> it's more specific than some other people's. Yeah, because she's just <laughs> describing what Sophie looks like. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, again, she's more than those three things. Um, have you seen Nighty Night? That no. British comedy show with Julia Davis? No. She goes to a, she goes to a dating... Speak in your microphone or don't complain about being soft. Oh, sorry. Um... <laughs> She goes to a matchmaking service and the woman's like, okay, Jill, what are you looking for in a partner? She's like, ideally, uh, tall, large face, red jumper. (laughs) 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 I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Nighty night. Nighty night. Everyone should watch it.
So baby